0: Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelsky, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis makes a rare appearance in court in the election interference case. The Court of Appeals has blocked the release of the settlement details in the case of contamination in Rome's drinking water. And there's now three times as much conserved land around one of Georgia's most popular state parks. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis made a rare appearance in court today to argue that one of former President Donald Trump's co-defendants in Georgia's election racketeering case should have his bond revoked. Harrison Floyd was a leader in the organization Black Voices for Trump. Willis accuses Floyd of attempting to intimidate and contact likely witnesses. Floyd's attorneys call the allegations meritless. debris found 16 miles off the coast of St. Augustine, Florida, has been identified as belonging to a boat taken by three Georgia fishermen who went missing after they left docks in Brunswick last month. After the boat's owner identified the debris, the U.S. Coast Guard in Jacksonville yesterday launched a renewed search for the men or further clues about what might have happened to them. A Coast Guard spokesperson said this morning they have no further findings. A volunteer and privately funded search continues for Tyler Barlow, Dalton Conway, and Caleb Wilkinson. The 24-year-olds set off on a fishing trip on October 14th and have not returned. The Georgia Court of Appeals is temporarily blocking the city of Rome from releasing the financial terms of a settlement between the city and several chemical companies. At issue is how much the city will receive following a years-long legal dispute over toxic contamination into the city's drinking water supply. A state judge last week ordered the city to disclose the terms requested by several news outlets by noon tomorrow. The judge rejected the company's argument that the information was a trade secret. In its emergency order yesterday, the appeals court halted the term's release while an appeal against it goes forward. Georgia environmental groups say state regulators have flouted a federal rule by issuing a permit this month to close one of the state's largest coal ash ponds. GPB's Grant Blankenship explains. Coal ash watchers have been waiting to see how Georgia's Environmental Protection Division would enforce a federal Environmental Protection Agency rule prohibiting leaving coal ash in contact with groundwater. Ash Pond 3 at Georgia Power's plant Hammond on the Coosa River is their first answer. Their EPD's final permit, issued this month, allows over 1 million cubic yards of coal ash to remain partially submerged in the surrounding aquifer. Jesse DeMombrian Chapman is the Coosa River Keeper. It it is a little mind-boggling. I don't understand what the, the hope or dream of issuing this when EPA has clearly said This does not comply with federal regulations. In an emailed response to GPB, the EPA gave no sign the Hammond permit raises red flags. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon. The National Nonprofit Conservation Fund says it's transferred more than 2,000 acres around North Georgia's Amicalola State Park to the State Department of Natural Resources. The land was threatened by development. As of today, the acreage of conserved land around the park has tripled. It becomes part of the Dawson Forest Wildlife Management Area. Public and private financing made the transfer possible. Amicalola State Park is about a 90-minute drive north of Atlanta and home to Georgia's tallest waterfall, attracting thousands of visitors each year. Middle Georgia has waited for years for Macon's Okmulgee Mounds to officially become Georgia's first national park. A new report means progress has been slowed once again. GPP's Eliza Moore reports on a visit yesterday. Senator Raphael Warnock toured the grounds of the Okmulgee Mounds National Historic Park, calling it holy ground.
0: And so it is clear to me that the conservation and the preservation of our history is important.
1: Warnock's visit comes after the National Park Service released a study to Congress last week, finding some of the land in the Okmulgee River Corridor did not meet National Park Service criteria. Warnock says he's still hopeful.
0: Our officers will work together And I look forward to championing continued efforts in Congress to make this a reality for Macon.
1: Ultimately, Warnock says the decision to make Okmulgee a national park is up to Congress, where it has bipartisan support. For GPB News, I'm Eliza Moore in Macon. A ban on new development at the site of the former WellStar Health Systems Atlanta Medical Center has been extended for another six months. The Atlanta City Council voted 11 to 1 last night for the extension. The city first banned new development at the site in October 2022, after Wellstar announced it would close the medical center on November 1st. Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens says the moratorium gives him and other local leaders time to ensure future development of the property includes health care services. Savannah Art students are helping automaker Hyundai design a water tower at the company's electric vehicle plant being built in southeast Georgia's Bryan County. GPB's Benjamin Payne reports. Six teams of students from the Savannah College of Art and Design competed to create artwork for the roughly 200-foot tower along Interstate 16. The winning design depicts solar panels, a wind turbine, a car rolling off an assembly line toward a hand holding a light bulb, and, at the tip-top, a cog. Industrial design student Jacob Perrone
0: was part of the team behind it. I'm interested in the automotive field, and I felt that Hyundai was a really great opportunity, especially since this water tower will be seen by millions of people going down the highway.
1: Hyundai says it plans to power its MetaPlant from 100% renewable sources, primarily through power purchase agreements. The factory is expected to begin production of electric vehicles in early 2025. For GPP News, I'm Benjamin Payne in Savannah. The state of Georgia has a new online portal to link job seekers and employers. The Technical College System of Georgia has unveiled WorkSource Georgia. The website takes over from the state's previous job website run by the Georgia Department of Labor. It also adds new links to job training, financial aid, and resume-building opportunities. Services will be held next week for former First Lady Rosalind Carter, who died Sunday in Plains at the age of 96. She lived her life as a love story, growing up three years and three miles apart from Jimmy Carter. Their 77-year marriage is the longest-lasting presidential union in history, but Rosalind Carter was more than what she accomplished alongside her partner in the George's governor's mansion or in the White House. She also leaves a legacy of caring, compassion, and community. GPB's Ellen Eldridge has that story.
0: Rosalind Carter was born during the summer of 1927, just two years before the Great Depression. Her family knew hardship in their small South Georgia city of Plains. Catherine Cade served on Mrs. Carter's staff in the White House. She is vice chair of the Carter Center's Board of Trustees and a member of the Center's Mental Health Task Force. I mean, we've often talked about her growing up, in, you know, her childhood and growing up in Plains. And, and the two things that she always says is we were poor and we didn't know it. Carter became a caretaker for her siblings after her father died. She also spent time alone as a new mother while her husband served in the Navy. But Kate says these experiences are not what shaped her passion for those with mental illness. And so I think that what shaped her concern for vulnerable people uh, was really this upbringing where you took care of one another, that that was part of the ethos of being raised in a small town. Georgia had one of the worst mental health care programs in the nation in the decades leading up to Jimmy Carter's run for governor in the 1970s. And so when mental health became an issue on the campaign trail, Rosalind noticed. In a 2012 town hall on mental health in America's, she recalled how she snuck into the crowd listening to a stump speech to get then-candidate Jimmy Carter on the issue and on the record. Well, he reached for, by my hand before he looked, before he knew who I was. <laughs> and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, I want to know what you're going to do for people with mental illnesses when you're governor of Georgia. And he said, we're going to have the best program in the country, and I'm going to put you in charge of it. <laughs> Rosalind Carter did advocate for better mental health care during the years in the Georgia Capitol. Later, less than a month after Jimmy Carter won the presidency, she convinced her husband to create a presidential commission on mental health. Rosalind Carter held hearings across the country, testified before Congress, and spearheaded passage of the Mental Health Systems Act of 1980. She advocated for closing Central State, Georgia's notorious 168-year-old psychiatric hospital, and addressed the nation's fragmented. And often inadequate mental health system. Catherine Cade says, in part because of Mrs. Carter's work, the way people think about mental health and mental illness today is dramatically different from the way people thought about it 50 years ago. Today, most people are not afraid to seek help. They're not afraid to admit they need help. And today, most people can recover from mental illnesses. So the hope of recovery is real and tangible. Carter's work carried through to the founding of the Carter Center in 1982. Eve Bird is the director of the mental health program at the Carter Center. She says that as passionate as Mrs. Carter was advocating for those with mental illness, she was most proud of her family. I can't tell you how many times um, she Uh, would, after a meeting, would say that she was getting together with everybody here at the Carter Center, all of her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, for a dinner. And we would tease, and I'd say, well, I better let you get on with your way and do some cooking, right, Mrs. Carter? And we would kind of laugh together. Those had to be big dinners. Rosalind Carter leaves a family legacy of four children, 12 grandchildren, and 14 great-grandchildren. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge.
1: In sports, Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium will host the opening game of the 2024 Copa America. The two governing bodies of North American and South American soccer announced the selection yesterday. It'll be one of the most important soccer matches the city hosts as it prepares to host matches in the 2026 World Cup. Copa America is held every four years and features all ten South American national teams. Defending Copa America champion Argentina will presumably be one of the teams taking part in the opener, leading once again to the possibility of Lionel Messi, one of soccer's biggest stars, playing in Atlanta. In basketball, the Hawks host the Pacers in an NBA in-season tournament game tonight. The in-season tournament is a new feature of the NBA in which teams compete for the NBA Cup. All in-season tournament games will count toward the regular season standings, except the championship, which will sit outside the regular season and take place in Las Vegas next month. The Hawks have a 1-1 one and one record in this four-game first round of the in-season tournament. The Hawks lost to the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, visit gpb.org slash news. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, do it now. We'll be back with you in your podcast feed tomorrow. And if you've got feedback or a story idea, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.